This episode is brought to you by Daters Academy, the five-week online course with marriage-minded mentor Aliza Ben Shalom that will get you ready to find your soulmate. Get practical guidance on how to accurately express to others who you are and what you're looking for, a step-by-step process to reevaluating potential dates in your past, and a mindset shift that opens your eyes to your soulmate and more in Daters Academy. Claim your exclusive $50 discount to get the course for only $99 today at jewishlatinprincess.com forward slash daters academy and enter the code JLP50 at checkout. Jewish Latin Princess episode 121, Lara Meisel, creator of Or the Movie. You're listening to Jewish Latin Princess podcast by Yael. Every week, get your dose of inspiration from the world's most uniquely talented Jewish women and from Yael herself. Seeking profound and practical ways to live a joyful, richer Jewish life? Welcome to Jewish Latin Princess Podcast. And now, Jewish lifestyle expert and bilingual blogger at JewishLatinPrincess.com, your host, Yael. You're listening to Jewish Latin Princess. I'm Yael Trush, your host. Welcome to the show. I hope everyone is doing well, staying home, healthy and safe, and that all your loved ones are healthy. This is such a challenging time. We're really left with our faith, with our prayers for others. Our life has been stripped down to what's really important, and we are facing a, a, a clear opportunity to find light amidst the darkness and to shed our own unique light into the world in these trying times. And more than ever, we realize how much the world needs our light, which is precisely why I'm bringing you today's guest. Be, but before I introduce her, I do want to dedicate this episode for the complete healing of all those who need it. And we know there are so many and also to the brave men and women who are in the front lines, the healthcare professionals, doctors, nurses, staff, the Hatsala members, and also their wives and their children. You are real heroes, and we thank you for all that you're doing and the battle that you're fighting. And we stand behind you with our constant prayers and Torah learning, and of course, following every single precaution and guideline that we have been advised to follow. So thank you. Um. Amidst that introduction, um, I'm going to make a pretty insignificant announcement, (laughs) and that is that I do have a listener survey that I had launched right before this pandemic really hit us, and I've been, you know, really quiet about it for obvious reasons, but if you do have 30 seconds and you want to do something nice for me, (laughs) again, it's not really a priority, but I do want to mention it, you could go to jewishlatinprincess.com forward slash survey and fill out my 30 second listener survey. I really appreciate it. And it will be very helpful for me to continue my work serving you. I had promised to make a drawing for 20 survey respondents to be picked at random for a $10 Amazon gift card. And that for sure still stands. I just have kept the survey open and I want to keep the survey open for a while longer since I really have done very little in the way of promoting it amongst my listeners. Um, And we all know why the past weeks haven't been easy on anyone. (laughs) But hopefully at the same time, we've been able to gain in other areas of our lives. And hopefully your Passover preparations are also now infused with more meaning and depth despite or rather because of the challenge. And so to help us with this mindset and to help us find light with light, with positivity. I have a special guest today. Her name is Lara Meisel. Lara is the creator of Or, 
a film that documents her journey of discovering who her mother was. Lara lost her mother when she was 15 months old, and she grew up knowing very little about her very special mother. We talk about her mother, but we also talk a lot about Lara, what she discovered about herself, her fears, her faith, how this journey changed her and more. You will find that this was a journey of self-discovery and growth. And as Lara says, of finding the light within the darkness. Let's hear from the lovely Lara Mizell. Lara Meisel, welcome to Jewish Latin Princess. How are you? It's so good to have you on the show. I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. It's really such a such a pleasure to be on a show like yours in particular. I was looking at your content and I think it's really beautiful how you how you bring spirituality and Hashem into uh, into all aspects of life and that's really in line with kind of my my jam, my philosophy. So, thank you. I'm grateful to be on the show. Thank you. I think this is so timely given the the circumstances are we're all living. It's such a challenging time for everybody, literally everybody. Um, and your story of your film that you made recently, or light, um, mm-hmm. is really about a a journey. Th- and, and shedding light into the light that comes out of very challenging situations. So, you know, not only are we all living in challenging times right now, but I appreciate the fact that it's it's almost Passover and everybody's extra busy. You're extra busy. I'm extra busy. But I think it's so important that we do this right now um, for people because I know you're going to be able to shed a lot of comfort and light for so many listeners out there. So thank you. That's the first thing I wanted to say. <laughs> so, Lara, let's get to it. Um, just to give a look background for people. Your your mom passed away when you were 15 months old, uh, leaving you and your brother Danny orphans. And just a few years ago, you made a beautiful film documenting your journey of putting together the pieces of your mom's life, a life that you didn't know much about. And it was it was like a journey of discovery. But also, as I saw it, it's a journey of self discovery. So but before we even get to that, to your mom's story and to your own journey, I, I, I'm wondering about the process of taking this big endeavor. Um, it was an emotionally big endeavor. I'm sure you were curious about your mother's life for many years. And I'm wondering what prompted you or what was the final impetus that you said, you know what, I'm doing this, I'm going to take on this project head on, I'm going to find out um, about my mother. And, and, and you right. know, maybe over the years, you pushed it off. And, and maybe there were reasons why what, what was it that that pushed you over the edge in that sense? So it's a great question, um, because it was a very big endeavor. And, um, and, you know, I, I like to say that it was multifactorial. Mm-hmm. But um, I think that there was a convergence of factors. One of them was that m- one, my daughter, her name is Sara Tahia was going through a very difficult time. And I really needed to get to the bottom of what was going on with her. And it really confronted me with so many questions about mm-hmm. what is love what is unconditional love what does it mean to be a mom who am i where do i come from where you know what what really matters how old was sarah at the time your, your oh, daughter it started when she was in really about third grade so she mm-hmm. was maybe eight right um she's 12 right now um but i think that really started me on what my husband likes to call a positivity jihad 
I love that. (laughs) It really started me on a positivity jihad because I just figured, you know what? I don't have control over this situation. This is not in my control. So I have to, there must be some way to make this work. There's got to be some, there, it, it has to work out. So, so and interesting. The, and Sarah's your oldest, Lara? No, she's not. She's, uh, she's my number two. Okay. Actually. Okay. So this parenting situation led you in a journey of discovering your own background of, you know, where it, it really led me in a journey of discovering what am I made of? Uh-huh. That's the truth. What am I made of? What is my family made of? And where are we going to put our energy? Mm-hmm. And at some point, I just decided um, you know, I, I got, I, I went on a positivity jihad. I really did. And I just decided as much if I'm only putting out positivity, then that's all I, that's all that can come in. But what's interesting and, about what you're saying is many could argue, listen, opening this can of worms is going to be very painful. How is that leading to positivity? Yet you didn't see it that way. Well, you know, I had tried to open this before, but I didn't have I didn't have access to it. And uh, probably about two years into this, uh, this positivity, I don't know, I will call it a positivity jihad. Um the heavens really opened up with this story with my mom. Mm-hmm. And, um, and there was, uh, there were other things that kind of brought it to the surface that made me ask questions again. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I ended up I asked my aunt one last time if she had any video if she had any letters, any photos, anything of my mom. And um, my uncle ended up sending me a video. Uh, he had his bar mitzvah video transcribed Mm -hmm. as it's in the film and the day I got I received that in the in my email it happened to be the 40th anniversary of my grandfather's passing and the day my mom was diagnosed wow Uh, and that was the first time I saw either of them alive Mm -hmm. and that really opened up that really opened up the heavens for I mean it opened up the whole story it was something it was some information I thought you know, maybe I can get her handwriting analyzed or I could, it just, it opened, it opened the gates um, and it opened the conversation. And um, one thing led to another and I ended up getting in touch with uh, Rabbi Dovber Pinson and mm-hmm. he really, he really believed in me on this journey and it really helped me move forward and it helped me believe in my journey. So, let's, so mm-hmm. yeah, go on. No, I, like I said, I would say it was multifactorial, but I think I had I had I I I needed I needed the knowledge and I had belie- I had belief in myself. My husband, thank God, was my biggest support, and um, I had reason to believe. Lara, so you alluded already to the fact that you didn't know much about your mother growing up. What? Why now, having gone through this journey, why do you think it was? a shut door why was it that you didn't get you or your brother I presume get much information um was it your father's coping mechanism and the family's way of protecting him and yourself and the kids also what what do you think it was yeah I think it was such a painful it was such a painful loss mm-hmm. it was so painful especially for my dad I mean also for us but it was so painful and really it was survival I, I don't um I'm not, I, I'm not angry or bitter about me not knowing growing up. In some ways, it really served me. And there were certain parts about my mom's story that I don't know that I would have had the maturity to understand until I was older. 
Like so what? Th- like she hadn't left me anything. And the reason she didn't leave me anything is because she was unwilling to feed a thought that she wouldn't live. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know what to do with that as as a kid. I didn't have I didn't have the maturity to understand the extent of her positivity jihad. Um I think only once I was on my own could I understand that. So you didn't re- resent it growing up. I mean, I it left a lot of questions and it le- left a lot of doubt. So it was not ideal. I mean, I I encourage anybody that has a loss in their in their family to open it up and bring out pictures and talk about, you know, and and talk about talk about their loved ones. I think it brings wholeness, it brings healing. You know, there's no sh- there's no shame in it. What, um, what were you and Danny told? Like, what was the extent of how much you were told? We really weren't told much. Um, just that she passed. I mean, we really did. We, we knew very, it was really a shut door. Mm-hmm. Uh, it really wasn't something we spoke about. It wasn't something. It just, you know what? There are unspoken rules in families that are far more powerful than spoken rules. Yeah. Yeah. No, and, I- uh, the things we don't speak about have far more power than the things we do speak about. Like I said, it wasn't coming from any malicious place. My dad had right. to get on with it. And to his credit, he needed us to to know we were normal. And I think that there was a lot of there there was a, a lot to be said for that. We never felt victimized. We never felt sorry for ourselves. We got on with it. And that served us. Um, that being said, you know, being on this side, <laughs> being on this side of the journey, there's so much to be said for just home, for just the truth, for just knowing the truth. Hmm. Did you as a child make up your own image, your own persona, your own idea of what she was like, like an imaginary <laughs> friend kind of thing? I think I always felt very close to her in a very deep way. I always felt very close to her, but there's only so long that you can do that when you start bumping up against brick walls. Hmm. So I think I always felt close to her, but once I started um, dealing, you know, having challenges in my own family and I had to really be confronted with my own children, I I needed more answers. I needed more knowledge. I needed more self-knowledge. I can't imagine what your teenage years must have been with all these questions. Um, very, very difficult, in all honesty. Teen- mm-hmm. Teenage years without a, a solid anchor is is very painful. Right, 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 right. As as much as your dad was probably an amazing, is an amazing My father. My dad is an amazing dad, and I had great support at that time, and I had a stepmom at the time who, I, ha- I have a stepmom, um, and she was also there for me to the extent that she could be there for me. Um, but at the end of the day, I didn't know. I didn't, I didn't know. I didn't know deep in my system right. where I was anchored. Right. There's, there's that gap. You, you start off your moving, Lara, expressing your fear. And, and you even say that you want your kids to know that, that you're scared to embark on this journey. But it was really scary. Looking back at that moment, why do you think it was so scary? Was it the raw feelings that you would experience that would come to the surface that terrified you? Or was it what you would find out or not find out about her per se? I think people are most scared of the unknown. Mm. I don't think that there was, it, it, it's, it's unknown, it's uncharted territory. It's just unknown. 
At, at that point, when you approach your family, your aunt, your uncle, and uh, different people in your family, and you said, I'm doing this, I'm coming over, we're talking about this, I'm documenting it, was there resistance? Or at that point, everybody was on a different level, and they welcomed this opportunity? So when I went on this journey, I had actually my family, my husband and I had been on my daughter Sarah's birthday. We were, uh, we got a call from this organization, High Lifeline, and they mm. wanted to honor us. Um, and it's not the kind of thing that we sh- would usually do, but the dinner happened to be 10 days from my mom's 36 yard site. Mm-hmm. And so we decided to take the honor in her memory and it opened, it changed the whole conversation. So it changed the conversation from, I want to know about my mom to I'm honoring her memory. And I think that that was much more palatable for family to deal with instead yeah. of just, you know, t- just tell me, you know, just open everything up. It's, I'm honoring her. And so there's reason to come. Mm-hmm. There's reason to come with openness. And that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. So can you tell, tell us, tell listeners, what was the story of her passing? Um, what was the challenge? Because I think there's a lot of light that you find as you discovered the challenges that she went through. Um, you know, so as as you'll see in the movie, but it really is a film of unconditional love and, and unbreakable, unconditional love, an indomitable spirit and mm-hmm. unshakable faith. That is really her story. Her story is one of belief through death. I mean, my mom lived through death. She maintained faith through death. Mm-hmm. Even when she didn't have consciousness, she still had belief. So, you know, the power of belief is, is that's our story. The power of belief and the, the power of belief is the way that we tell our stories, the lens through which we see our story. Um, so for me, it really changed the way that I that I view what was possible in life and what my family is capable of and what we believe what we believe is possible. I mean, it really it really shifted the way we we saw our narrative, and especially coming on these times. Of, of Pesach, narrative is everything. Yeah. You know, we can see a story. We, we've all, especially as as Jews, we've all we have a story to tell, right. and our redemption comes in telling our story. Mm-hmm. And that this has been a wholly redemptive process for me and my family. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's so beautiful that you made that connection because knowing our past is such an important part of building our future, which is in a way kind of what you described before as the impetus for for doing this. A hundred percent. I mean, if you're, you know, if you're, if, you know, there are many Jews who are not necessarily connected to our tradition. Well, you know, I, I'm Bali Chuba. I, I'm a Bal Chuba. I have no judgment on it at all. But when we don't have a connection to our story, we don't know where we're going. We don't know. We don't know our connection to our story. Right, right. In order to build, we have to have, we can't get stuck on the past, but we certainly have to know 
our past in order to 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 build a future and move forward and and put leave our own unique imprint in the world which is no yeah we have to know where we're come from where we come from to know where we are going right. now there's you know we can have an idea of where we come from but that's not going to set you on a path of knowing where you're going mhm mhm lara did the journey did this particular journey strengthen your faith most definitely i mean it took my positivity jihad and it like made me <laughs> it was like oh hi shabat ima you're very cute um yeah i mean it it took me from what i felt like i was living a very like strong and faithful life to really are i mean we really all my whole family rose after learning my mom's story my mom is a woman she didn't she never spoke negatively this is a woman who through cancer through her father was murdered i mean there are a, she did not have an easy life and she maintained positivity through death so yeah that shifted our entire um barometer it shifted our whole the whole our whole standard of life shifted so actually she just told me about her positivity and her her that she never spoke a negative word is that what you said yeah that she was yeah she she never spoke negatively i mean she never i can't find anybody to tell me that she complained at all are you like that well after learning about my mom <laughs> um you, you try to be like that <laughs> yeah after learning about my mom we do our best to 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 see the good always because it's there it's not it's a habit really more than anything there. and it's not you know when you talk about or that is or or is taking the light from the mm -hmm, darkness mm -hmm. and especially in these times that we're living in it's so important to keep in mind we're home and you know we can see this time as a huge challenge which it is for many people um and we can also see this time as a huge gift where right. we can get to know our kids and we can you know deepen our relationships and we can really s spend time working on the things that matter most yeah there's tremendous opportunity uh, for growth uh, within this for life there's tremendous opportunity for light right. at this time right so how else would you describe your mother now based on what you found out from your family. How else would I describe her? My mom, um, I mean, my mom is the embodiment of, uncondition of unconditional love and mm. an unbreakable spirit. Mm. Uh, I mean, she, she gave her life for me when she didn't know me. You know? What do you mean by that? I know what you mean because I've watched the movie, but what do you mean? So my mom was diagnosed, it's, you know, in, in the film, I don't know how much to give away or how or not to give away, but um, my mom struggled with cancer and she was diagnosed for the second time when she was pregnant with me, when she, she found out when she was about 14 weeks along. And she had a lot of pressure to abort. And my mom was completely certain and steadfast and positive that I that my life matters that I need to be here I mean that that you know in from what I've gathered that she and my father both knew that we need that I needed to be here I, uh, my I needed to be here I presume uh -huh. that you grew up not knowing this part of the story and you only recently learned it right 
you know, I learned, I learned that my mom was diagnosed again when she was pregnant with me. I think I learned that when I was in high school or when I had just graduated high school, right around college. Mm. And that's the kind of thing that it's a thought that's floating around. If you don't have context with it, you don't know what to do with it. Right. How do you process that information? What do you make of it? Right. And you can brush it off as if it doesn't really matter, but it's foundational. Yeah. Yeah. And the reality, and just that thought alone, just that thought alone is, you know, the difference between me being an indispensable, you know, me being absolutely vital to this world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So much so that she would stake her life on it. And the simple happily and right. positively right 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 it's 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 interesting that you put it that way and so beautiful i just want to highlight for listeners because that's the kind of information and and perhaps that's why it was kept from you for a while that could take a person to a very dark place a place of guilt and anxiety or it could take them into a sense of responsibility and urgency to be alive and to live in the best way possible and to be of service. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it, you, you could go. It's, and- the lens. it's the lens. It's how do you see it? And how does it fit into the story? Right, right. And to give you credit, because really, there's so much here that's about you. You made the choice to to take it in, in that way. And I think that's an important lesson for all of us to take from you. Well, I had the courage to open it up and really see what was there. And in truth, she gave me that narrative. She was sure that I needed to be here, so mm-hmm. much so that she gave her life for me with, you know, basimcha, with a positive and faithful disposition, completely. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I don't want to take full credit for the for the narrative because the narrative was hers she gave me that narrative she really knew that I needed to be here and having that knowledge having opened that up and learned that um that my mom really believes in me that much is life-shifting it's universe shifting it's world yeah for all you know when you think about then how I relate to my daughter with what she was going through it changes everything it changes the entire narrative Lara, this is probably the most important question, actually. What did you learn about yourself through this process? I came to know what I was made of, what I am made of. You know, what I'm capable. What 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 is this? What is the human spirit capable of? Mm-hmm. You know, what are I came to know what I'm born of. You know, I came to know how that I am. How how important my existence is here, how important my mom's life was and is, how important our stories are, how important, you know, the the light is, really, how important it is to see the good mm. and to love unconditionally. I mean, I, I really, I really gained from it the love that I needed, which sounds wild, but I experienced that. Did it impact your parenting? Completely. I mean, it, it gave me the courage to love completely, wholeheartedly and unconditionally. Are you ready to find your soulmate? 
Are you a doer who can work independently with the right practical guidance? Daters Academy might be for you. Get practical guidance on how to accurately express to others who you are and what you're looking for. A step-by-step process to reevaluating potential dates in your past and a mindset shift that opens your eyes to your soulmate and in fact, much more in Daters Academy by marriage-minded mentor Aliza Ben Shalom. Claim your exclusive $50 discount to get the course for only $99 today at jewishlatinprincess.com forward slash daters academy and enter the code JLP50 at checkout. Was there something that anything that that surprised you that you weren't expecting to find out that really shocked you it could be in a really good way yeah I mean I did was not expecting to find out the extent of positivity that my mom Hmm. took with um there was I I really did not know the extent of her positivity jihad I really didn't know I didn't I didn't know uh like I, I say in the film that um that my mom was a spiritual gangsta. I didn't know that. <laughs> I, I really didn't know. I mean, I, I, I truly did not know how important her story was because it seemed insignificant growing up. Interesting. Interesting. I mean, there were certain people who, when I said I was going on this journey, they said, why? Hmm. So, you know, how important it is for us to know that our stories are worthy, that our lives matter. Right. Is Danny, your brother, grateful that you did it? Because it helped him as well? For sure, for sure. Yeah, he, um, yeah, I mean, he's, he has a full plate um, of things that he's been going through. Um, So he hasn't been able to be as much in the nitty gritty of this journey, but he's definitely grateful and gained so much from me doing it. And I think that he's also learned where he comes from and what Mm -hmm. he's, you know, for us, it, it put pieces together because yeah. we have a lot of her, we are her children. Yeah. Um, and so it, things started to make much more sense when we learned about her. Did you ever hear growing up, oh, you look like your mother or that reminds me of your mother? Anything like that? Those subtle comments, did those ever come up? Every now and then from time to time. Um, but for the most part, she really was not spoken about. I mean, I really... This was a shot in the dark. Hmm. This was, I didn't, um, had I known, had I known what kind of neshama, what kind of soul and how gangsta my mom was growing up, <laughs> it would have shifted my entire disposition. It would have given me a whole other um, understanding of belief in myself. I mean, it was really like my husband used to say that that losing my mom was my superpower. And I never understood it until I went on this journey. She mm. really, it really is a superpower knowing that I come from that kind of spiritual grit. You know, that's what we need most in life. What we need most in life is our faith. Our, our faith is our lifeline. So... When we talk about faith, um, did you discover that she was a woman of faith? Like, um, what did you find about her own faith? I I understand the positivity aspect, but in terms of religious observance and clinging on to to God in a traditional way, was there anything like that in her life? 
Yeah, so I've actually now, like, my dad has since given me um, some of her books that she had. And those have been so powerful for me. So, like, I mean, she was very attached to Hasidus and mm-hmm. the philosophy of Chabad. And I got her translations of the Tanya. And they were all about um, psychology and mm. Torah, the wow. psychology Torah, which is which is who I which which is what I've always been drawn to before I knew my mom. Hmm. And so, to be able to read her book, the books that she underlined, um, you know, we are at the end of the day, wow. we are made up of our thoughts and our ideas and the, the thoughts we think. That's what makes us. We are our ahava, yira, and amuna. That is the physical substance of our souls. And um, I, I, I learned what, who my mom is. You know, we are not, as, as we're learning now at this time, we are not our bodies. We're not our highlights. Right. You know, we are how we love, how we live, and how we are in awe of our creator. That's what our physical, that is what, our, that is what we are made up of. That's what we take with us. And that's what endures. What a what a special visual for me to have heard that your father gave you those books and, and that they were marked and just knowing for yourself, just knowing that these were the words of Torah that gave her strength and that kept her going. Oh, so powerful. I mean, I Incredibly. got her copy of 13 Principles of Faith. I mean, so powerful. It's incredible. You mentioned Chabad. When this was going on, this was the glory you know, the days of glory in Lubavitch. I mean, the Rebbe was around, the Rebbe was accessible. You, I understand your family is from South Africa. So definitely South Africans have a connection to Lubavitch in general. Did, 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 was the Rebbe ever approached with your mother's condition for a blessing that, you know, was a letter sent or did your mother ever yeah. go? Yeah, it's, there's, I mean, in the film, we speak a lot about her connection with the Rebbe. Um, yeah, my, I'm today is the Rebbe's birthday, yeah, actually. Yeah, so timely. And I'm here. I'm my. I'm here on a blessing from the Rebbe. I'm. I consider myself a Rebbe, a Rebbe baby. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. When my mom was first diagnosed, she sent a letter to the Rebbe, um, and that that's really where she got her lifeline. And he had said not to operate, but to keep Shabbat and to keep kosher. And from that point on, she became totally devoted. She did not come from an observant home, so mm-hmm. she didn't have really a context before then. Um, I mean, from what I understand, she was interested before then. But then when she was sick and she wrote to the Rebbe and he said, keep Shabbat and keep kosher, that is, um, she took she took his words as total truth. Um, and she really received she re- she received that blessing and that blessing gave her the faith to believe she could overcome it and she did recover from that round completely miraculously when the doctors went to operate they went in to take the tumor out and there was not a trace there was nothing there to the point that the residents the housemen came out in tears they it was a complete miracle um, and that is what gave her the, that's what gave her the, the opportunity to have children. Um, so 
the Rebbe's words to my mom, I mean, even when my mom couldn't speak anymore, when they were in San Diego, even when she couldn't speak, when she was, when, when she was dying, she would point to the Rebbe. She had a picture of the Rebbe next to her bed. And mm. even when she couldn't speak, she would point to the Rebbe. Wow. I mean, she really, when you talk about the power of belief, it, it, it can take you, it's everything. Yeah. You know, what you, what you believe is what opens up the vessels of what's possible. Yeah, putting putting our trust in in the one above. Now, I do have to ask you though was um, was your connection to Chabad on your own even before you found out that your mother was connected to the teachings of Hasidut and to the Rebbe? Did that um, did that come into your life independently, or is this something that came kind of as a result? So when we were young, when we were yeah, when we were like. After my mom had passed and we were, I don't know, probably from around the ages of, I guess, one and a half until seven or so, six or seven, we were very close with Chabad in San Diego. Oh, so your father uh, retained that connection. He did. He did. We were very, we were, we were always close with Chabad. Um, and then there was a modern Orthodox shul that opened in Mohaya. And so we ended up kind of, we kind of drifted from Chabad. But then later on, I became very involved in Hasidus on my own. Mm. Um, after I had become observant, I became very involved with Hasidus, which is what led me to Rav Dov Bear Pinson. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, 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 it became, um, I had no idea that my mom's, be- I didn't know about my mom at that point. Interesting. So I only found out on this journey, really, I found out actually on the Rebbe's birthday. <laughs> really? Three, two or three years ago, three years ago on the Rebbe's birthday was the first time I sat down with Yena Fratkin in San Diego. Mm-hmm. And I really learned that my mom was connected to the Rebbe. Wow. 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 So you really are the Rebbe's child. Like, look. You- I am really a Rebbe, but like I really am here on, the, on, on, a, on a blessing from the Rebbe. What a story! Oosh, I'm 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 kind of speechless. Um, uh, Lara, as as a young adult or later in your teenage years, I mean, there's so many pivotal moments. Just even, you know, dating and meeting your husband and getting married. I I presume at that point there were you there were other women, maybe your aunt, I don't know, maybe Rebetzins. Was there any other women that kind of helped shape you and um, shape? So like I said, I, I do have a stepmom. Um, and I think that Hashem sends us what we need Beautiful. When, when we need it. Beautiful. And thank God she was there to help me through marriage. Um, but I ultimately, I really needed a sense of identity. Yeah. And I didn't, I, I needed a sense of identity. It was vital to me. I mean, a sense of identity and belonging yeah. are, the, are the things that really drive us in life. So... I think that, um, like I said, I, I think that we, ha- we, Hashem has given us what we need when we need it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think what you've done is such a gift, not just for yourself, but really for your children, right? I mean, my, my kids are, my kids are very proud of me, which is, oh. it was really, you know, it's a very vulnerable piece that I put out. So I didn't know how they were going to take it. Right. But when my 13 year old son told me he was proud of me and I was like and he's like don't tell anyone so I'm that cannot get out Um, (laughs) but you know they to them she was always 
it's kind of like once you do tikkun on something, it changes the past too. So right. they don't remember not knowing about my mom mm. or, you know, like their Bubby Shirley in their mind. I remember it came up a few weeks ago and my son said, no, mom, I always assumed she would, that you were just like her, you know? Wow. And so in his mind, she's always been around. She's always been present and there's such a clear connection. And that's just the way that it's always been. He doesn't, he doesn't remember a time of not knowing that being said, my daughter, Sarah used to ask me a lot of questions mm -hmm. and whatever I would tell her just wouldn't suffice. It wasn't, she wouldn't buy it. Uh -huh. So if I said, if she, she would ask me questions, like she's just, she's a very deep soul. And she would say certain things like, um, so, you know, sometimes I think if you do something for me, you're sad that you didn't have somebody to do it for you. Mm. And no matter what I would say, I'd say, no, of course, I had this one or I had that one. She'd be like, yeah, she didn't don't buy, buy it. it. Mm -hmm. No. But now that I've made this film, it the, it's like the past never existed. I've always had I've always had this mom who's this spiritual gangsta who, you know, go, like that's just the way that's just where we come from. Is Sarah named after Shirley, after your mother? Is that she is? Mm. She is. She <laughs> was actually. I had Sarah. Her name is Sarah Tachia. Um, I had her at the exact same age to the day that my mom was when my mom had me. Wow, wow! Your story is so full of divine providence of Ashkacha. Is is this something that you naturally are always cognizant of to see the divine providence of the little things that are happening in your life? I think that when I went on my positivity jihad, I became far more aware of it. But then it just it just got so out of control right. that at, at one point, actually, Rev Pinson said to me, a higher way to live is to notice the dates when they're there, but to not, you know, put so much on them. Because it's a schluss. It's a schluss to be able to make these connections. Right. And so I really actually try to live by that because... Hashkacha, divine providence is our it's our life it's everywhere our, yeah. our our environment is constantly talking talking to us if we pay attention right right um but you know sometimes you can get caught up on that stuff and that's also not a great place to be so you know it's it's Hashkacha. i noticed it today is the rebbe's birthday right. but you know maybe a couple of years ago it would have been like Monday's the Rebbe's birthday. What's going to happen? You know? <laughs> yeah, we just have to take it with a smile and feel, you know, like God is guiding us and just feel that comfort, not make ourselves crazy. <laughs> it's not exactly. meant to be creepy. It's a, nice, <laughs> it's a nice warm hug. And it's, you know, it's our it's our creator talking to us. Baruch Hashem, I have a deep connection to the Rebbe. I'm, I'm grateful. Yeah. And a deep connection to God. That's, that's, yeah. that's the main thing. Lara, any Jewish values or traditions that you hold this, we're, we're shifting gears a little bit here, but that you're, you hold dear in, in your home, whether because you learned it from your father's home growing up, because you and your husband adopted them as an adult building your own home, anything that you treasure nowadays, as you build your home? I think the biggest, the biggest thing that we love, my husband and I is we do a program called Shabbat Tent, which is, um, we go to music festivals. We are really into this like Torah of Achas, like the, um, that we are, 
there's a shem in everything. Right. And so we go, I mean, we have an observant home. We keep, we keep halacha, we keep Shabbos, we keep kosher, we, you know, we keep Torah. Um, but we also, we're both Bali Tshuva and we both also love music. Uh-huh. And so we've gotten into this program called Shabbat Tent, which goes to different music festivals and we set up Shabbat hospitality. And I'd say that's a huge passion of ours. And it's just, for us, it really bridges everything. It bridges all parts of our personality into Torah. Interesting. And for us, that is just really, it's a huge passion of ours. And I think our kids get a lot out of it also because they see a Torah that's full of life and um, full of personality and character, and it's not rigid. They can bring them their whole selves into Torah, which to me is the point. Well, they also see the giving, right? The giving and the sharing yeah, but they of also others. See the giving. They see the giving, but they also see the joy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, exactly. and I think that the joy, um, especially in the times that we're living in, it's very real to us. Torah is very, it's very real to us and not in like a taxes kind of way. It's a real opportunity for connection mm-hmm. for us. Right. Um, so, I, I mean, we really, we love, we, we really love, we really love God in, in my home. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's something that, um, I think that that's something that the story has allowed me to bridge, you know, when, when you can put piece together the pieces of yourself mm-hmm. you can connect to, to Hashem in a, in a more sh- shalom way. So like I say in the film that I think I will come back more whole mm-hmm. and that that's worth it. And you did, That's right? Worth it. Yeah, wholeness is wholeness is what we're, is what we're seeking here. Right. That's what God wants. That's shalom. Mm-hmm. You know, That's shalom. That's shalom. Exactly. If you were to define Judaism in one word, Lara, what would that be? Love. Mm. Beautiful. Okay, I'm going to do something that I do with all my guests, and I call it JLP fill in the blanks. And this is the part of the show where I'm going to give you a few open ended sentences, and you're just going to finish them with the first thing that comes to mind. Okay? Okay, no right or wrong answers here. I'm Lara Meisel, and I feel most spiritual when I'm meditating. Hmm. Do you make it a daily practice? Yes, I have a very strong meditation practice. Wow. Wow. Is it, has it been going on for years or is it something fairly new? Yeah, I actually, I became observant really through yoga. <laughs> what? Wait, 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 let's go there. How, how does it kind of connect? <laughs> you know, I started to believe in God in a yoga class. So for me, spirituality came before Torah. Interesting. Were you married already or was it before your husband? No, this was before my husband. Uh-huh. Um, so for me, there's always, it's always been a very strong spiritual connection first. Interesting. Interesting, because that's, I actually think that that's where I first connected to my mom unknowingly. Well, that's what I was going to say, because it seems like your mom was always a very spiritual person. And then at some point, it got framed in the framework of Judaism. But it seems like even before that, she was this, I mean, this was in her DNA. Yeah, in retrospect, I think that I when I would meditate, I would connect to my higher, I would connect mm-hmm. to her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I mean, obviously, as, as part as an aloka, as part of a shem, um, but that I, I don't think I knew that until I got to know my mom. Right. Right. And then I later came to find out that my grandmother had a yoga studio in her 
home. No growing, way. Which was so not typical of the times. So I kind of found out I, I come from this line of spirituality uh, without knowing it. That's so crazy. That's so cool. All right. My favorite mitzvah or one I connect with the most is? Oh, gosh. I would say being a mom, but I guess is, mm-hmm. is that considered a yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. A, a pretty big one. <laughs> <laughs> being a mom, that is the that is the myth. That is my wow, good for you. Being being a a, mother, a mom and a wife. That's the foundation of my. That's the foundation of my purpose. Of my, good, good for you. Did you always? Did you always imagine yourself as a mom? And I'll tell you what I why I'm asking this question. There's I, I just remember as a young mm-hmm. adult myself, like a lot of my friends would always say, you know, I don't care if I get married, but I'm being a mother. And I was like the type, no, I'm getting ma- married. I don't know like about motherhood, whatever. If it is, it is. But like my thing was marriage. So was right. your thing children? Was your thing motherhood? I think my thing was always motherhood. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so... I think not having a mom, there was one thing I was sure of, and that's that I would be a mom. Mm-hmm. By the way, I love my children. I don't want... My- <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know what? I actually, there was somebody who I was friends with in high school, and she used to say, I got married <clears throat> much younger than... The, I, I went to a secular high school. Mm-hmm. I got married much younger than all of my peers in high school. Mm-hmm. And there was somebody who I was friends with in high school, and she used to say, if anybody can be content getting married young and being a mom, it's Laura. (laughs) And I, it was just, I was clear that that was something that my soul needed. Yeah, yeah, no, I hear you. My fondest, sweetest Jewish memory is? Shabbat tent. I love Shabbat tent. (laughs) That's so nice. How many years, how many years have you guys been doing this? Uh, We've been doing it. We actually took our kids to our first Shabbat tent. that was our, we have a we have a rav in Israel, Rabbi Maimon, who encouraged us to to go and to take them. Otherwise, I never would have gone. Right. Um, but the first one we went to was, gosh, I mean, it was crazy. I, I had four kids. My oldest was seven, and my youngest was like fifteen months old. Uh-huh. Um, and so now my oldest is thirteen, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. 13. So maybe six years ago, I guess. Five or six years ago. Wow. Wow. Something I wish I had learned about Judaism growing up is? That Hashem wants me to be myself. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. Right. That we are so unique and we have a unique purpose. We have to find that. When I give tzedakah, I like to give to? Larry, are you there? I like to give give selflessly. Hmm. So I, I, I like to give to who I think Hashem wants me to give to, frankly. Mm -hmm. What's in front of you? Right? That way What's in front of me? Well, what comes my way? Right, right. Finally, I'm Lara Meisel, and today I feel most grateful for... This podcast today. <laughs> I'm so grateful. Talk about mindfulness. I'm grateful for the opportunity to shed light and to bring light in, in these times and to hopefully inspire others to um, find the light in their challenges and to bring that light forth into the world because we need it. Beautiful. Thank you so much. What's next, Lara? I mean, you you have the film out and now we're going to tell people where to find it. Um what do you see next? I always say God plans. And we laugh. 
<laughs> and we better keep laughing. <laughs> and we better keep laughing. You know, I mean, who would have thought three months ago this is where we're going to be? Right. So what's next? God plans. I, what's next is the moment. The moment is next. What's next is Pesach. <laughs> what's next? Yeah. Pesach and it's, uh, it's a Sunday on lockdown with my family. So thank God. We've actually really been enjoying this time. I think that I think something that I learned from this journey is, um, you know, it gave me the opportunity to leave nothing under the rug. Mm-hmm. And so now we find ourselves stuck at home and we're really able to enjoy ourselves because there's, no, there's, there's nothing unspoken. There's nothing we're avoiding. We like each other. We're here. We know who we are. We know where we're headed. We know what we're about. And I guess I'm grateful. I'm grateful that the journey came when it did um that we're able to enjoy this time so i guess what's next is is the afternoon with my family good for you good for you lara meisel thank you so much tell us where we can find the movie go to um www.ormovie.com um the movie is on vimeo it's actually we're giving it for free right now during corona coronavirus uh we decided what better thing to do than to bring or to bring light at this time so we would love to share this film with you all and um i would love to hear from anyone who wants to reach out and i hope that it brings light to your day it sheds some light in your life and that it inspires you more than anything to find the light in your darkness and to bring that forth into the world because we need it we need your light exactly we definitely need it i highly recommend that everybody go check it out at www.ormovie.com or is ohr and you're definitely gonna enjoy it and this is the perfect time to do it because we're all in lockdown uh, all quarantined and you're gonna gain so much from it lara thank you so much for doing this i wish you thank and your you. family continued light continued love and shalom and a kosher and happy pesach Amen. Chag kosher v'sameach to you and kol kavod on your podcast and keep on bringing, you know, godliness and spirituality into all aspects of life and you should have so much hatzlacha and success in everything you do. Thanks to Laura Meisel for stopping by. I want to remind you that it's very worth you taking a break from your Passover prep or later during Cholamoed to watch Lara's film. I actually watched it with my oldest daughter and it led to very deep conversation. Again, you can find Or at OrMovie.com and that is OHRMovie.com. And if you have 30 seconds, please head over to JewishLatinPrincess.com forward slash survey and fill out my very short but very helpful listener survey. I look forward to reading the results and to announcing the gift card winners in the near future. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. I'm so glad I did this. We had so many podcast cancellations for obvious reasons, which is totally fine. And when Lara decided to book with me today on the 11th of Nissan, I saw it as such a blessing for all of us. And I'm so glad that I took the time to do this interview because not only was it amazing, but I realized how much I needed to do this that I love so much, bringing you, my listeners, deep content that can enrich your lives. So thanks for tuning in, and I leave you with my heartfelt blessings for a Pesach Kasher V'Sameach, a happy and kosher Passover. And may we soon be recording from a live studio on the footsteps of the Beit HaMikdash of the Temple as I watch you all dance and rejoice with the final redemption for our entire world. Have a happy Passover. 
Thanks for listening to Jewish Latin Princess Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe on iTunes, leave a rating, and share the podcast with the Jewish women you love. To access today's show notes, ask Yael a question, or suggest a uniquely talented Jewish woman to be featured on the show, visit JewishLatinPrincess.com.